You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Future Net Zero podcast. Now, the last year in the energy sector obviously been a bit of a tricky one. We've had the energy crisis, and it's clear that efficiency is more important than ever, really, at the moment, especially this winter. Uh, People are very focused on saving their bills, looking at how much they're spending and how much energy they're using. A key part of tracking the energy that you're using is smart metering. And it's something that a lot of people say is a really good way to move towards a more energy efficient and net zero energy space. So I'm delighted to say that this week for the podcast, we're joined by Kerry Maisie, who's the head of smart metering at SSE, and Ruri Gladkin, who is the head of net zero and energy management at Utility Aid. How are you both doing? Great, thank you, Kieran. Good, thank you. Kerry, you wouldn't mind just sort of uh, explaining a bit about what you do directly at SSE and maybe a bit about how smart meters is changing and, and what you think the future could look like. Yes, so um, I've been working at SSE probably just over a year now on the smart metering rollout. So as you say, I'm the the head of of smart metering, but I've actually been working on the smart rollout for around about 10 to 12 years. I've been saying 10 years for some time now, so I think it's probably more (laughs) like 12 years, but (laughs) I stopped counting, but for some time. Um, and part of that was during the early days of the SMET1 rollout. So if you remember those early day meters, which were very dependent on particular suppliers and in the domestic space. And then of late, more so on, in the non-domestic on our SMET2 meters. So those are the meters that are more interoperable. And I always struggle with that word. And that allows you to change supplier smart is the backbone to net zero and it's one of those small things that we can do whether it's at our own homes or whether it's that for our businesses to start really understanding and then controlling the energy we use and just having a lot more visibility of it it's really important when you start talking about renewable energy wind and solar uh, are not always there so we need to be able to start managing the energy we use and try to match that when we do have a lot more energy on the grid and smart becomes part of it. So in a nutshell, that, that's what it's all about. If Ruri, you also wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Kerry's sort of touched there on, on how this kind of interlinks and is compatible with net zero, but from a direct sort of net zero space, what's uh, your side of things and how do you see smart? So I'm really glad and from Utility Aid, I've been with a company about four years and really I'm head of net zero and energy management. And the role that I was given was to find ways to help our customers, you know, reduce consumption, save money and get to net zero. So essentially my role is to sort of help customers devise a strategy and identify areas where they could potentially save money or what's feasible. We try to promote a circular economy here, you know, within the department where we're encouraging the customers who are coming to us to to spend money in the right areas so that they've got more money available in the future to spend into the next sort of improvement that they can apply to their business. A lot of organizations don't have the budget to hit net zero this year or next year. So therefore we see it as a marathon and not a sprint to net zero. And really organizations have got to think about how they spend money and where they spend that money in order to keep reinvesting it over the over the next sort of 25 years to be in a position at 2050 where we are hitting net zero. 
one of the key things that we found, you know, in the first couple of years was that data was poor. Um, quite often it was estimated across large portfolios. And it's very hard sort of consult an organization, advise them on, on what they should be doing when you don't even have any accuracy on, on the data that you're getting. And it becomes very much a case of ifs, buts, and maybes. And really what we've been trying to do with the organizations that we work with is, is try and get them to a point where we're getting a data accuracy of, you know, above 95% across their portfolios so that they can make good decisions. And this is where smart metering really comes into it is the fact that now we can get, you know, good monthly consumption readings. Um, there's opportunities to break that data down further into more sort of granular information so that we can see, you know, Kerry touches on renewables, you know, what would the impact of solar PV be on, you know, your business or your organization and without having information on what you're consuming, you know, that can be pretty much a might do this for you. Um, and really we want to move away from that and be providing our customers with information to say, this is what this measure will achieve for you. And that's a good investment because, you know, here's where you're going to make the difference. So smart meter and a net zero, the two of them go very much hand in hand, as I say, just purely because of the data that will be available to the consultants that are handing out that advice. That's really interesting to see how they're connected. And from both of your guys' perspective, maybe Kerry, you could start by sort of explaining how have SSE and Utility Aid worked together and how has smart metering been linked between both of you? Yeah, I think Rory hit the nail on the head to start with, with that whole, almost like thinking of it like a business case, really, because the best customer service ironically like the best customer service is the less costly customer service that you know bad customer service adds more cost into your you know into your business so this is all about us doing the right thing and in us doing the right thing how do we therefore together collaborating reduce costs um and exactly like you say having the data to be able to do that helps inform those business cases so i think because it's still quite a new world as well and understanding all of a sudden you know we've gone from one meter reading every once a quarter to half hourly meter reading so like 48 meter readings a day for every meter that you've got is like how do you start understanding that how do you start using that in an informed way rather than just ending up with lots of numbers on a on a spreadsheet so in that in that learning continuous improvement kind of space we're in the important thing was about building the right relationships so I've got a particular role on my team Chris Veal is his name so he, he's the guy that works with all of our TPIs and utility aid being one at the forefront um, of that where we have really honest conversations about some of the challenges that go on with the various businesses and partners that we work with and then how do we best meet their business case and how much you know um, considering cost, considering customer experience and all of the other things that we have to put in into that business case, how do we achieve it? Um, and like, again, like Rory says, maybe sometimes that's more of a, a marathon than the sprint. Other times this might be more of a sprint because we've got a bit of a window to, to get those meters installed. But it is all about the collaborative working. It's about the right people talking to each other um, and understanding the challenges that everyone's facing right now and then trying to work out the best way to get the best outcome. So it seems uh, from what both of you have said that one of the key parts of obviously why SMART is so important is the data side and that kind of, well, I guess 
crazy level of data that you wouldn't have even expected five, 10 years ago that's now kind of consistent. Um, would you say that in terms of, obviously there's now a, a governmental kind of aim, the UK is looking to get smart meters in, in every sort of business and home eventually. Would you say that data is the key reason that um, other sort of TPIs should consider putting smart meters in and businesses? Um, and are there any other kind of reasons that um, obviously cost as well, perhaps, that really should kind of incentivize people to, to take up that decision? Uh, I think that, um, you know, for anyone, if you're going to try and give anybody a product, I think they've got to see the benefit um, on their side as, uh, and not just be a one-sided argument as from the energy supplier, we need to try and reduce waste on the grid. And I think, you know, you've got to really push the benefits to the customer. Um, so the fact that, you know, they have now got a, a platform of accurate billing um, and accurate information coming through. And, you know, if they have an issue, there is potential then to go back into that information and, and look at that. You know, a few years ago, you might have had customers coming to you and saying something's gone wrong. You know, they don't realize to three months after they've, they've left the heating on for 24 hours a day that they've actually done that until the bill comes in the door. So, you know, yeah, I think that there's a lot of positives that businesses can get from Smart Meter and um, that maybe they just need to, to sort of realize um, uh, in order to, you know, to get that pushed out and, and people more accepting of, of thinking, yeah, this is a really good idea, you know, is, is selling the plus side on it, you know, for the customers um, and what they can get from it. I can jump in there just to sort of elaborate a little bit. Yeah, I just because I, I think that's exactly it. There's almost different layers. There's there's the hygiene factor that, you know, the hygiene benefits, for want of a better phrase, where it's back to what I was saying about providing a good customer customer service because it's really hard to provide a good customer service as a supplier if you've got no idea what um, what your customer's energy usage is because you're having to estimate and as soon as you estimate then you you may over or under and no matter how great your systems are at, at do it is still an estimate so the best way to give the best customer service and lower then your your cost to serve is to build to actual meter readings because then everybody knows exactly where they are you, you don't have all of the additional calls about this bill is wrong it should be this number it was that number catch-up bills where I've, I've been estimated for the last three years and now all of a sudden i've got bill shock all of those things go out of the window because you're talking about accurate data and then we can have really accurate conversations about how do we best manage then how you pay that bill, direct debit, and it gives people confidence in the information that they're seeing. So as soon as you get that hygiene level, then you can start thinking, right, what happens next? Um, and then that's back to the business case and the benefits, because as a customer, then I can see when I use my energy, I can understand whether there are certain tariffs, which would be more applicable to me than others, depending on where my highest usage is. Um, and where I might want to invest. And that might be invest in something as simple as a, a smart plug because I run a, a holiday home and you know a holiday business and people keep leaving the heating on and I can just switch it off. And I, I know that I'll quite within a week pay for that little plug um, by being able to have control over switching it off through to should I invest in something as big as solar panels? 
Um, so it, it's just, it's informative. I was going to ask as well, with, with what you've kind of said there from the customer point of view, do you think one of the important things is more sort of how it's being uh, depicted to the customer, whether the customer is um, obviously uh, a business or an, a normal energy consumer, um, people people are, are always inherently lazy, I guess. And I think, you know, we all know with the old system of simply submitting your meter readings when you choose to do so, the, the, that can, you know, take some people a while. People take forget about that and they don't get round to it. And then, you know, as you were saying as well, Rui, like you might realize, not even realise what you've been using or spending because you just, you know, oh, it's been a month, I haven't done it. Or Whereas these are really consistent readings. Do you think that kind of showing um, all sorts of consumers how that can help them just save money and also be more efficient is kind of something that needs to be looked at more or because I feel like it's perhaps it's not being presented as clearly as that as just simply look how can you go wrong with you know really up-to-date data on what you're using for both parties um, customer service from the provider but also for the customer themselves one of the major things that we've looked at, you know, when we take on an organization who's interested in the net zero journey is one, can we identify waste? If we can identify where something just needs to be switched off, you know, that's a saving that doesn't need probably any investment by the person's time to remember or a piece of signage up to say, can you remember to switch this off before you leave the building? Um, and when we look at sort of, you know, half early data that's been available, you know, and we're able to see the difference between, you know, the consumption at two o'clock in the morning, um, you know, all through the year. And we can see what the, you know, the baseline should be. And, uh, you know, I always say, well, you know, the consumption that hour was 10 kilowatts, for example. Um, did, was there any harm to the building done or was there any loss to any person during that period where you used 10 kilowatts? Um, and here's the summer period where you use 30 kilowatts. Could we not get that down to 10 kilowatts? So identifying the waste, you know, massive potential um, for saving, uh, you know, and that's really where your smart meter comes into its own because you can see exactly what's happening. You can look back over it and see, you know, basically in the last month, things haven't been getting switched off again. We've, we've gone back to, you know, the old ways of, of not switching things off. Um, and you can really start to set reminders and, and sort of, there's a huge benefit there, you know, for zero cost, essentially, you know, of, of that data. It's, I think it, it, in the past, smart, um, before smart, energy was sort of like a necessary evil. You know, everybody knew that they couldn't do without it. No one had enough information on it to know, to have any, any sort of granular level of control over how they used it so they would just wait for that bill to land once a quarter or, or, or month, once a month and then just oh yeah you know we had a bad month we had a good month and 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 just pay it and I think that this this is the difference now is, is being able to see it because you can see what you're using you can start feeling like you can make decisions and one of those decisions might be well actually I thought this machine didn't you use a lot and it doesn't use a lot so actually I can use it more now because I can put into my business case the cost of having that machine running for 24 hours versus at, but the productivity equals it you know I'm pretending I can do a business case now but you're able to you be able to um, take information and make really 
balanced business decisions rather than it being complete guesswork, which is where it was before. And, and I always found before as well, you know, when we went out to a building, I've been doing audits for 15 years or something. When we went out to a building, that was that kind of gone, forgot about after the audit was done, you know, and and, and wasn't long before organisations went back to where they were without even realising, you know, the consumption was back. Um, and now that's changed that we're, we're offering sort of regular sort of analysis to check and there's all sorts of systems out there that you can put on to your you know your incoming data if you like to to give you a notification to say you used double last night or um you know so that so the benefits really you know have to be seen um from from that point of view like now energy's got so expensive that it now needs to be managed more and you know a month of double consumption can mean, you know, losses to a business. Um, whereas before it probably wouldn't, you know, equate to that much money. But now we're looking at a huge cost for for not paying attention to something, and and essentially now it's about managing that. I think, and uh, you know, as I say, I keep going back to you just see the the, the savings, you know, continuously coming in or. or I mean, from from a uh, provider point of view, Kerry, uh, have you seen we've we've kind of what uh, he's talking about there with um, everyone's seen we really want to save energy now because the price is so high. And it's uh, perhaps before you could have got away with a bit more laziness and not really paying attention to these things. But now it's kind of on everyone's lips. Have you seen uh, more of a demand for smart or uh, has it been easier to sort of co coordinate the rollout? How have uh, you guys seen it at SFC? So customers are definitely much more engaged. Um, so we're, we've definitely seen a, an increase in, in people wanting to take the time out to, to get the install done because let's be honest you know that that can be a little bit disruptive depending on the size of the meter that that's um that can take like half an hour through to, to two hours if you've got like a big three-phase meter um or you know just de depends on on the certain scenarios and or um dual fuels so that can sometimes be a little bit disruptive. So you've got to, again, you've got to do your business case and say, is this worthwhile? Uh, and just like Ruri was saying, with, with energy prices as they are, that soon, that the answer to that soon becomes a yes. <laughs> um, because you can quite easily then start saving later on and making those much better business decisions. So we've definitely seen a big, a big turnaround in people wanting them. They, they're still a group of customers and I feel like maybe that um, little bit like when people get into a lot of debt and sometimes you just want to bury your head in the sand and you almost don't want to know how much energy you're using um, and, and, and so there's a group of customers that are avoiding avoiding wanting to know and, and I can completely understand the, you the know ignorance like, ignorance is bliss sort of uh, absolutely right. yeah and then you know obviously your advice would but well it's only going to get worse you know so so bite the bullet understand where you're at now have the right conversations with the suppliers who can help you and, and help pull together the plans but the longer you leave your head in the sands the you know the the bigger the problem's going to become so there's no time like the present to, to start to start working on that so yeah it's it's definitely improvement but i do worry about that that bunch of customers that for for all sorts of very understandable reasons would just rather not know at the moment 
Yeah, I mean, I guess with, with everything new, getting it off the ground, uh, obviously in a different aspect, but the same sort of space with net zero. You've seen it with electric vehicles. There's always people, some people want to go straight in and bite the bullet, as you said, but some people are apprehensive. Um, maybe they're not sure about, they want to see how it plays out. They don't want to be the people that, um, you know, are kind of- Yeah, but it's not new. Um, yeah, exactly. It's not new, is it? Say, you yeah. know, we're, we're, like I said, you know, I've got the gray hairs to prove it, like 12 years in, at least into into the rollout. There, there was, and again, understandably, with the, with the first smart meters that were, were installed, and those ones were installed by... Um, by the, some of the biggest, some of the bigger suppliers that had their own sort of data centres, um, and then that meant when customers moved, if the new supplier didn't have a data centre, I'm slightly oversimplifying this, but just to make, just wanted to make a little bit more sense, if if you if you moved, then you know you would you would lose access to that data because the, almost the meter was wedded to the the supplier, but now. We're in a world where we're probably three years in to SMETS two meters being installed. All of that data is connected centrally. And then you can start marrying up that data with all sorts of other information as well about, about the property that you've got. Again, whether it's a whether it's a home or a business. So it's it's a well-established thing now smart meters is, is definitely less new what is new is the technology that sits around it and i think that'll probably be the game changer so we've seen some examples of um, um what is it called demand flex services where i don't know whether you guys have, have had this yourself personally within you know within your own homes where you're paid to not use energy at certain times of the day to help the grid um, and that's that's linked to smart meters as well. It's those those kind of things are the new things. And that's where companies, whether they're suppliers, whether they're TPIs, whether they're Amazon, whether they, you know, anyone else out there is starting to go, this is how we can start really using this data to better inform people and to do things like the national grid is doing. That's helping us keep the lights on when everyone's trying to, you know, put their heating on all at the same time and causing problems with the with the grid. I definitely think, think there's a greater sense of urgency now with customers um, and certainly in the last sort of six or eight months, you know, the inquiries for smart meter and, and can we help facilitate rollouts of smart metering uh, across their portfolios has increased to probably every conversation that we're having now with, with either customers that are on board with us or, or thinking of coming on board. Um, and I think before that, you know, when maybe energy wasn't, as I say, go back to that point where it's much cheaper and it's not really a concern and all that's too much hassle for me to, you know, take two hours out of our day to shut down the site or whatever it needs to be done to change that meter over. That That's too much inconvenience. I'm not going to bother. That's certainly disappearing, you know, um, and it's not sort of, I don't find that when we mention smart meter now to, to customers that they're there's blase about it as you know they had been in the past um and yeah. it was really only customers who were taking a real interest and in, and in being accurate data you know whether it be for carbon reporting or, or whatever but looking for more accurate data that were keen on it um and then org other organizations now that are sort of seeing that the impact of of the costs they're now starting to pay attention and the inconvenience doesn't seem to be as much as what it was last year to them because because the price is so much different, obviously. I guess it takes something to always uh, kickstart uh, a reaction. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, 
the way the energy market's been has has seen more of that. Um, I guess kind of also to to come to an end with well, from the net zero point of view, um, especially kind of directed towards you, Ruri. Um, how have you guys sort of used smart meters to kind of work your way towards net zero? Um, how do you think other people can do the same? And can can there be a net zero without it? Um, I don't think so. I think that, uh, you know, you know, really we have to work on getting consumptions down as opposed to, you know, there's a lot of technology that was deployed in the past that maybe hasn't done as much for the consumption as what it said on the package. Um, and, you know, when we are thinking about a net zero strategy, you know, for an organization, one, eliminate waste, you know, two, where can we invest to reduce that consumption that will have a feasible return? Um, you know, where can we improve our buildings to, you know, have a feasible return, uh, you know, or get us to a point where we're ready for a low carbon heating system or, or something like that? And then, you know, the constant monitoring then as well to make sure that it doesn't go back to the level that it was before. And if it does, then we can apply reason to that. Um, so, you know, without data, we're guessing. And, you know, realistically, we want to get away from, from the world of guesswork now to sort of actually being able to say, right, here's the project. Here's the information that's coming in in terms of consumption. Um, here's what we're going to install. And here's the verification that that measure has worked. And, you know, that hopefully will breed confidence among, you know, business owners or charitable organizations like we work with um, to invest in, in these technologies, get the consumption down. Um, and, and mean that maybe at one point in the future that we have a renewable energy grid and, and not relying on fossil fuels. Um, because without that, you know, there are things out there that people have bought that aren't right for their organization and they don't know it until it's too late. Um, I'm not going to go into any specific products or, or companies or anything like that, but you know, I've certainly seen it where organizations think that they will have a, you know, a six year return on investment, say for, for a solar PV kit. Uh, and the reality is maybe that it's closer to 30 and that the, the, you know, the kit might be outdated by the time it's actually paid for itself. So, you know, I think from a net zero perspective, you know, we can, you know, majority of businesses that we look at and analyze their consumption, we can see savings between four and sort of 15 to 20% just by being, having more control so by switching things off when they don't need to be on um by monitoring through the night or you know having something on that can tell them listen you, as i say you left the heating that's the most obvious one but there's loads of other examples we could use uh, you've left the heating on you know last night get it switched off and we can sort of have that the next day to them as opposed to wait for three months down the line so you know driving towards net zero one if we eliminate waste you know we get rid of let's say four to twenty percent of business consumption then we start thinking about the investments then and you know and if we are going into a building then we're looking to try and target between 60 and 80 percent energy reduction you know and that's that's a massive amount of work um sometimes at massive expense to organizations so you've got to present that it's going to be feasible for them to do so because um, not a lot of organizations have that endless budget and then once you get the consumption down You've got to make sure it stays there. So we've got to we've got to manage that, um, or monitor that, and and with, with smart meter and and better data that gives you you know you can have up to date sort of you're not waiting that three months now and the information coming through. So 
in terms of getting to net zero, smart metering is you know a necessary, extremely necessary part of of what uh, businesses and organisations are going to have to sort of utilise um, in order to get there. Because without it, it's greenwashing. I would call it. No, definitely. I mean, any concluding thoughts on that from you as well, Kerry? I think you know. In conclusion, I think the message pretty is pretty clear, and that's get yourself a smart meter <laughs> because that it's it is the start isn't it that it gives you the information to make informed choices and then you are responsible for making your own choices rather than exactly like Rory says you know where it starts becoming into the whole world of of guessing which is never good for any any sort of business at all so step one get yourself a smart meter and then from there work out what's the best next step for you and be informed and being able to measure and make sure that you start realizing the benefits of it. Thanks so much. Um, it's been really great conversation with you guys. Uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that sentiment is echoed of uh, just get, get a smart meter. It's as simple as, as that, really. I think both of you have explained the main reasons that you should be taking one up, no matter who you are, business, everyday energy consumer, a house, um, and it's obviously so useful as well from the uh, provider point of view as well. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on to Future Net Zero and having a conversation with us about this. And uh, look forward to seeing how things unravel and how many more rollouts uh, you, you get to do at SSE. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, SSC Business Energy. This has been a promoted podcast. Thanks for listening to this future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.